It is Monday, March 22nd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to the seventh quick hit pod in our Dynasty Prospects Scouting Report series. I'm your host, Matt Schaaf. With me again is Jared Smola, and we are now up to 12 Dynasty Rookie Scouting Reports on DraftSharks.com. Every single one is free to read. We have many more on the way leading up to the NFL Draft. Check them all out. We're going to keep these quick hit pods going throughout. Subscribe to the Draft Sharks YouTube channel or any of our podcast feeds to find all of them today finds us back in the land of the wideouts for Auburn's Seth Williams. Jared, please get us started on the big guy. Yeah, uh, Seth Williams was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. Um, you had, had offers from a lot of the major college programs, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, opted for Auburn. Williams was also a state medalist in high school in the long and broad jumps. And obviously a, a big-time athlete. As a true freshman at Auburn, third on the team with 26 catches and 534 receiving yards, actually tied for the team lead, but then senior Darius Slayton now of the Giants with five touchdowns that season. Slayton's departure paved the way for Williams to take over as Auburn's lead wideout as a sophomore in 2019. Um, he pretty easily led that team in all major receiving categories despite missing a game with a shoulder injury. Uh, finished the year with 59 catches, 830 yards, and eight scores. That was good for 33% of the team's receiving yards, 42% of the touchdown. So nice market shares for a uh, you know, true sophomore in the SEC numbers and market shares took a step back this past season. Now we actually finished with 47 catches, 760 yards, four touchdowns did lead the team in yards and touchdowns fellow 2021 wide receiver prospect, Anthony Schwartz actually led the team in catches. You know, Schwartz is not a highly regarded guy, not a guy who's going to go early in the draft. So a bit concerning that he you know finished with more catches than Seth Williams, um, again, Williams' market shares also declined this past season. 32% of the receiving yards, 33% of the touchdowns. So, you know, not bad numbers, but, you know, not not ideal that his market shares took a step back from his sophomore season. Right. You don't like that the receptions came down, but still solid to strong market share numbers in the other categories. And his overall stats were better than what Darius Slayton did just before him. And, you know, you mentioned how they kind of crossed paths there in Williams' first season. So, a decent career, plenty to like about him if you watch him, but there's also some stuff to dislike, right, Jared? So why don't you tell us what you found out when you watched Seth Williams' tape? Yeah, exactly. I think inconsistent is the word to describe Williams' you know, tape from Auburn. So he's 6'3", 211 pounds. He ran a 4'5 flat at his pro day, 37-inch vertical. So he's a big athletic guy, and that shows up on tape plenty. You know, he does the contested catch stuff you'd expect from a guy with his size. He's fast in the open field. He has more make you miss ability in the open field than you'd expect from a six, three guy. Um, and he also shows flashes of strong route running, um, but it's just all inconsistent. Like he, he struggles against physical coverage sometimes to, you know, uncover um, the, con- the contested catch stuff. One play he'll do something awesome. And the next play he'll just, you know, get dominated by the opposing DB PFF actually charted Williams with only nine contested catches on 30 chances this past season you know those are not good marks for a guy of his size so you know he's probably going to have to win that way quite a bit at the NFL level Williams also has some drop issues he had 16 career drops for an 11 percent drop rate so that's a concern too yeah I mean drops are kind of arguable about how important they are obviously 
it's more important if it doesn't allow a receiver to get on the field because his team is bothered by him that much. But if a guy's starting and has some drops issues, Brandon Marshall is a guy who comes to mind who had some drops. Um, it can be overplayed as an issue for a young receiver. We, we talked before, I think it was Rashad Bateman, how you would like to have some tape that wows you a little more and grabs you. But Seth Williams is kind of the other side where you want yeah. to be wary of not falling too much in love with a guy who wows you in a game. Because if you just watch highlights or even, you know, pick out a couple of games that happen to be good outings for him, you could easily fall for this guy. I mean, he, he runs well, he's big, he jumps over people. I Even in a highlight video, I watched him leap over multiple would-be tacklers. So he brings that to the table. He does have that ability to jump and catch contested balls. But as you mentioned, did not do so consistently. I mean, you could pin some of it on the quarterback play. PFF said that he dealt with one of the nation's lowest rates of catchable passes, um, you know, blaming the quarterback there. But there is that drop rate. There's a contested catch rate. So it is also on Seth Williams some. So I think that there is the upside, but there's also you can't fall too much in love just because of a good game or some nice highlights. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Seth Williams is the exact reason you shouldn't go to YouTube and type in, you know, player name highlights, click search and just watch that because, you know, he'd look like a first round pick if you're just watching like his 10 best plays from this past season. Consistency is a concern, though. But I mean, the upside's there. Like he, he can make those plays. He has the size, has the athleticism, you know, I'd say decent college production. So, I mean, as we get probably into round three, of rookie drafts, um, you know, he's the type of guy you want to be taking because he he does have that ceiling where I think he can, you know, at least be like a, an NFL team's number two wide receiver and like a big play, you know, maybe wide receiver three type for fantasy. Yeah, that's exactly what I have down. Once you get to like round three of most rookie drafts, there's not a whole lot separating the guys and everybody in there is pretty much a crapshoot where they could, you know, some guys will take off, some guys will not. And especially a receiver we've seen, there's not one single profile that you follow to figure out who's going to break out and who won't. I'll be very curious to see the draft capital spent on Seth Williams this year. Is he going to be some team's Van Jefferson where he surprises us as a late round two pick because of the athletic package that he brings in a, a 6-3-2-11 frame? Or is he a day three pick where teams are more skeptical of him? Is there immediate opportunity? Does he land somewhere where he could be you know, the wide receiver three right away, or does he land somewhere that is pretty loaded at wide out like Tyler Johnson with Tampa Bay last year, where he's going to need some guys to get out of the way before he can get targets. We've seen in that kind of range of where he's probably going to go in the NFL draft. We've seen guys like Darius Slayton, Preston Williams, Terry McLaurin find immediate opportunity and kind of pop basically out of nowhere versus where they went in rookie drafts and certainly where they're going in redraft. So I think that will be important for him and the draft capital spent will tell us a pretty good bit about what his NFL team is hoping for. Yeah. I would expect Williams to be a, a day three pick. I think Slayton was what a fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it's probably lazy because you know, they're from the same school, but it's, Slayton's not a bad comparison for Seth Williams. Um, I'd expect him to go in the same range, fourth, fifth round. If he goes earlier than that, you know, it probably means we should bump him up the rankings a little bit. If he drops later, um, you know, it, it'll be a concern. I think if he you know drops into the sixth or seventh. Check out DraftSharks.com for a new profile pretty much every day up until the NFL draft. Tuesday starts a trio of Bama guys with QB Mac Jones. As I mentioned, all these prospect scouting reports are free to read, but you should lock in your DS Insider access so that you can see where they all land in our Dynasty rankings, as well as access our 2021 redraft rankings and the MVP draft board. They are already live for the year. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. 
For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shaw saying thanks so much for swimming with us.